0: Good
1: afternoon and welcome. Well. Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou is back in a British Columbia courtroom today as the case for her extradition to the U.S. proceeds. In the interim, the damage to Canada has been piling up. Two Canadians detained in what experts describe as retaliation are still in custody. And two of the roughly 200 Canadians incarcerated in China now face the death penalty. Beijing has banned shipments of canola from two major canola exporters, and exports of soybeans, peas, and pork have all encountered obstacles since the arrest of Ms. Meng. Meanwhile, the Globe and Mail reports that Canadian leaders have been unable to reach Chinese decision-makers to talk about any of this. And of course, There is the question of how Donald Trump's latest tweet storm about possible trade sanctions will play into all of this. We will hear from you, but... First, let's go to Hugh Stevens, who is the Distinguished Fellow with the Asia-Pacific Foundation of Canada and the Vice Chair of the Canadian Committee on Economic Cooperation. Hi, Hugh. Thanks for joining us.
2: Hi, Libby. Good afternoon.
1: So uh, it seems like nothing has moved since the last time we talked, except maybe a few things have gotten worse.
2: Well, you painted a pretty grim picture in your outline, and I, I don't think uh, there's anything to dispute in that, and I would agree with you on the trade front. Certainly, China has tightened the pressure, and frankly, I expect after today's hearing, in which, uh, you, you know, the, uh, the process for the extradition will be further clarified, China will probably uh, resort to some new measures. They've got uh, a number of things that they can still do, and I fear the worst.
1: Okay, I, I don't want to give them any ideas, but like what?
2: Well, you know, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the, the 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 canola is the big hit, but uh, <clears throat> there's been issues with exports of other commodities. Um, uh, paperwork on pork exports and so forth, so they have an infinite variety of ways to make life difficult, and uh, you know, the government's been trying to deal with the canola issue, first of all, on the domestic front, by providing some support to canola growers, but also by challenging the Chinese and getting them to come forward and actually prove uh, you know, what scientific basis they have for this ban. We've been stonewalled. That's probably because they don't have the proof and because the longer they can drag out the misery, the more, in their view, uh, 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 pressure and leverage they're exerting on Canada.
1: Well, uh, is Canada going to take them to the World Trade Organization?
2: I would fully expect so. I'm surprised we haven't actually launched a case yet. Uh, There was quite a strong statement by the Canadian ambassador to the WTO yesterday calling upon China to come forth with uh, scientific evidence um, as part of this particular dispute, but also as a way of resolving all these kinds of technical issues, these phytosanitary issues. Um, So, it, it may be that there are still some, uh, some final details that are required, but I fully expect that Canada will file a wTO case That will have a symbolic value it will bring some pressure on China of course uh, it's not going to lead to any quick resolution
1: uh do we just look like uh we're just twisting in the wind they won't even take our calls
2: it's very difficult um, and you know you your reader your your listeners may have noticed there have been some calls in op-eds and others by a number of people saying well you know Canada should start striking back and uh, a variety of ideas have been put forward probably some more uh, useful more realistic than others and uh, there's an understandable desire i think to to push back it's becoming politicized uh Mr Shear's uh, statements yesterday criticized the government for not you know doing enough to push back on China so i would think frankly even from a political cover point of view, the government needs to be demonstrating that it is, uh, you know, not just doing nothing. And, of course, it's not doing nothing, but we aren't, we aren't seeing sort of physical and visible signs of, of, of pushback. That said, any pushback has to take account of the realities of the economic relationship between a very large country and a smaller country.
1: Well, Push back. Okay, what can we do to push back? We can probably do something to do with uh, students from China. Am I right?
2: We could. I think that would be pretty self-defeating. <clears throat> I think we should try and limit what we do to the areas where China has been taking action. I think we could start taking a creative look at, uh, Chinese exports into Canada. You know, China exports four or five times as much to Canada as we export to China. They've exerted leverage on a couple of key exports that we have, and, and they've caused some pain. Uh, these kinds of measures have been used in the past to, uh, increase the inspection on Chinese electronic goods to ensure that IP protections are, are, are protected and so forth. These things all come at a cost, of course, and, uh, You know, the Canadian society is much more open than in China so we're putting pressure on Chinese exporters I think it's pretty obvious that they don't have the kind of leverage within China that uh, constituencies in Canada who might be hurt would have so of course anything that we do has to take into account the interests of importers, the interests of consumers and so forth. We want to try and uh, do as little damage to ourselves as possible but I do think there is probably scope to start uh, thinking about looking at uh, sending some signals that uh, it's not all a one-way street.
1: What about uh, what is the impact of the state of Chinese American relations and their push to get a trade deal?
2: Well, that's that's a big issue, and it's of course kind of coincidental in a way that uh, Liu He, the Chinese negotiators in Washington today, the Hmong hearing is today. A lot of these things are coming together. And up until maybe last week, I think the consensus was that the Ch- uh, China and the U.S. were on their way to concluding some kind of a, a fairly comprehensive deal, which would be good for the U.S., but frankly, would be good for all of China's trading partners if China made some fundamental changes to the way in which it operates. Now we understand that the Chinese have tried to significantly backtrack. Mr. Trump's up the ante by announcing that as of 12.01 Friday, the U.S. is prepared to up tariffs on $200 billion worth of Chinese imports into the United States from 10 to 25 percent. That will have a cost to the U.S., but it certainly got the Chinese attention. But all this to to come back to your question. So, is there going to be a deal? If there, if there finally is a deal, it would be very uh, helpful if the Hmong uh, situation were resolved as part of that deal. There may not be a deal, or the, may, the deal may be kicked down the road. We're going to have to find out over the next couple of days. So all of these things are coming together uh, almost simultaneously.
1: For a while, we were hearing uh, Donald Trump musing that maybe they could forget about the extradition as part of a trade deal. Which I think kind of makes Canada look like uh, idiot school children.
2: Well... You know, I, I don't know what all the moving pieces are, but certainly the U.S. has some scope to drop the extradition request. I mean, I would be very surprised if there weren't some pretty strong negotiations going on between Huawei's lawyers and the U.S. Department of Justice as to whether there could be some outcome other than her extradition to the United States, or if she were extradited, if she ceased to fight extradition, there would be some kind of a plea bargain, uh, the company would pay a large fine, and uh, and, and that it would be resolved from a a satisfactory from a U.S. perspective. There's lots of precedents for that kind of thing. Who knows if that's what's happening? But I mean, the one card really that Canada has to play in all of this is the extradition of Ms. Meng to the U.S. And if the U.S. is not going to be helpful... Uh, I, personally, um, would be urging the Canadian government to, be st- to start sending the message to the Americans that, uh, you know, in the absence of any support, and, and uh, given the, the the dire situation of a couple of Canadians in prison in China who are being held hostage, and given the collateral trade damage, it's going to be very difficult for the Attorney General, at the end of the day, to, sank- to sign off on an extradition request. Um, that could be a long way down the road, of course, but it's certainly a message that needs to be delivered in Washington understand from press reports is being delivered in Washington.
1: Okay, well, let's hope so. Uh, just basically, Hugh, what would you like to leave us with on this? Well,
2: I, I, I think that uh, the next uh, few days will give us clarity as to whether China and the U.S. have been able to reach some kind of accommodation. We will then find out very quickly whether uh, there is a there's a Huawei component to that in terms of of Meng Wanzhou. If they do reach a deal, and if there isn't any resolution, then I think uh, Canada has to start playing to the extent that we can a hardball, or sending some very tough messages to the U.S. And Canada also has to start thinking about how it can send a, a signal to China that it's not all a one way street in terms of uh, leveraging pressure.
1: Okay, Hugh Stevens, Senior Fellow at the Asia-Pacific Foundation, thanks so much for being with us.
2: You're very welcome, Libby.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.